Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome back to Believe in FSU Football. This is your host, Robbie Bagnardi. Back with another episode to recap another FSU loss. 31 23 against Louisville at home this time. Another conference loss. Um, FSU drops to 0 4 on the year. Definitely not how you want to start. Seems that rock bottom keeps to be getting just a little bit, a little bit further each week. Um, a good comeback effort by the Knowles. They got down early, scored before half, then got the ball back, scored again. Um, Deshaun Corbin looked really good again. Jermaine Johnson had another sack. Uh, we were really impressive in the second half, especially on defense. Thought that was the best, you know, string of, of defensive possessions that we've had all year. Um, from a run-stopping and pass-stopping standpoint, Secondary was better in the second half. Uh, the first half just doomed us. It was, you know, terrible. We gave up all 31 in the first half and just looked awful the entire time and never really. I don't know. I just, I don't know what was going on in the first half. And, and Norvell didn't even. Norvell said we didn't even really make adjustments. So I guess it was just purely execution it was just that poor in the first half I just this team is so so frustrating to watch because the pendulum just swings like this and you you know you don't get it how a team can come out in the first half and look so god-awful come out in the second half and look good and almost come back and and tie this game and we at least had the ball and we're driving late in the fourth quarter with a uh, chance to tie another one score game um, just frustrating to watch every week. So inconsistent, so so inconsistent. Very little continuity in the quality of play from this team. Uh, there's a few guys that have stuck out. Sean Corbin, Treshawn Ward, Jermaine Johnson have all been really good. Amari Gaynor's been solid. Those guys continue to produce every week. Um, I feel like the defense finally played closer to its potential in the second half, and, and they're athletic, and they can get after the, the ball carrier. They can get after the quarterback, and Malik Cunningham's a difficult guy to, to deal with. He ran for two touchdowns um, on the game, but that's what he's averaging on the year, so whatever, you know. Guy comes in averaging two to two rushing touchdowns a game, and you give up two. Yeah, you didn't stop him, but it's not like he's doing anything different. So whatever, throw that out. Don't care about it that much. Thirty-one points for the whole game really isn't that bad. It was just thirty-one in the first half was very very awful. We got to put more points on the board too. Like twenty-three points is not enough to win games in college football. 
college football has been, you know, a shootout at every level for a few years. It's it's more points. You got to put up points, and we haven't scored a ton. The offense hasn't looked great this year. And you know, looking ahead to Syracuse, maybe it's Chubba Purdy time. I would, I think that's a guy that I would really like to see hit the field at some point. You got to think, you know, year and a half almost. And is he ready to play? You know, mentally, physically. I haven't heard anything about an injury lately, but. You know, and he was listed on the depth chart, so that makes me think that he would be good to go. But yeah, like just just a guy that I'm hopeful to see. Um, Josh Farmer and Amorian Cooper, two true freshmen, they made their debuts against Louisville. Uh, Cooper, corner, Farmer, defensive tackle. And I liked. To see Morgan Cooper get in the game, I think he has really good man coverage skills. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's a guy who we continue to see get more playing time down the stretch. Him, Kevin Knowles, Shaheen Brown, and Demory Tate are all guys that I would like to see. Uh, young guys on defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I thought... We did a good job running the ball again. Uh, Jashon Corbin with a big, you know, explosive 75-yard touchdown run really makes those numbers look a lot better. Um, Corbin had 159 yards on the game, and he's averaging this season 9.1 yards per carry, which is first in the ACC and second in the country as well as 109.8 yards per game, and he's had 103 out of the four games this year. Uh, Treshawn Ward had 10 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. We just, we got to get the ball in those guys' hands more often. I mean, they just, they do good stuff with the football in their hands. Sean Corbin averaging almost 10 yards a carry. Get the football in his hands. I mean, it's, those type of numbers are, are Dalvin Cook type numbers. Like, that's legit what we're seeing from Jay Sean Corbin so far this year. He's actually been that good. The dude's a stud. We need to put the football in his hands more. Let him be the workhorse that he can be. And Treshawn Ward can do a lot of things for you as well. Very different type of running back. Super quick, fleet of foot. You know, and I love his quickness and his change of direction. He's not a top end long speed guy, but that's fine because he has enough speed that when he gets in the open field, he can outrun a few guys and he makes you miss and creates things when there's not a lot there. Um, he's a guy with really good vision, does a good job finding the hole and getting through it, whereas Deshaun Corbin is probably a better athlete, has great acceleration. I like his vision as well, but he hits that hole a lot harder. Deshaun Ward dances a little bit more, and that contrast in style, especially when so both guys are so effective in the same offense, is a great thing to, to have. And I'd like to see us just force the run game. I mean, we've run the ball well pretty much every year, or every year, every game, sorry. And those two guys have, you know, been the lead on it. Just stick with them. Don't throw the ball if you don't really have to. Um, getting down early, you know, giving up 31 in the first half doesn't really help because you're playing catch-up all game. So 
kind of have to throw the ball more than you like, but at the same time, we don't throw the ball downfield a ton. We worked it in a little bit more the last couple games. Um, speaking of which, Andrew Parchment had five catches for 86 yards and a touchdown, but that was on 11 targets. So, you know, caught less than half his targets. That's not great. Milton went 24 for 39 with 248. He had a touchdown a pick at the end. And he was trying to find Parchment up top. I just, I really didn't like the throw itself by Milton. I liked the read that he made. Parchment was open. He had a step on him. So that's the game. And, you know, Time's winding down. We're on this final drive. We need eight points to tie. And I see Parchment come open up top. So I start, you know, yelling and pointing. Parchment, 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 Parchment. Milton makes the throw. And at that point, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're getting, we're, we're about to, you know, get down there and really make this close game. And it was just such a bad throw. <laughs> it was just underthrown and short. And he had to work back to the ball and never got there you've got to you've got to have enough to be able to lay that out for your receiver and let him go get it that point in the game the only place that throw should be is a place where your receiver can get it you know you can't you can't underthrow a ball in a deep route you know final drive in the game when your receiver's got to step on the db just Bad quarterback play. And speaking to that, Mackenzie Milton had a 15.7 quarterback rating. Malik Cunningham was over 70 with very similar statistics, just by comparison. 15.7 is god awful. Like that, it's it's not good. We really we gotta have better quarterback play if we're gonna win games. Like the the 248 yards touchdown to one interception doesn't look awful but not a great performance by Milton and as much as I love the story it's a great great feel good story it just it doesn't look like he he has it which you absolutely hate but it just doesn't look like it's quite there anymore but I also feel like sometimes offense doesn't do a good enough job of getting him easy to easy completions early to allow them to get in a rhythm. Uh, we saw that like little misdirection pitch play against Wake Forest, and we didn't really see it much against Louisville. I thought that was weird because it worked well. Um, we seem to have some issues with continuity and consistency and play calling and carrying over the things that work. Um, and just when I watch other football games, like, you know, tight end delays and comes over the middle, and just sits down right there in his own. It's easy completion. You know, and I've talked about for like slant routes, drag routes, you know, doing things that create separation for receivers at the line of scrimmage. Like we use bunch sets here and there. That's what got the long Pokey Wilson touchdown at Wake Forest. And just we didn't go back to it. That I think that's weird. Uh, we went back to it a few times against Louisville uh, when we were in the up-tempo at the end of the game. There might have been a halftime. We were going down at halftime. But just still some odd play-calling decisions. Um, I would like to see Norvell take over play calling at this point. 
like we need to kind of shake things up because what we're doing right now has not been working. And I understand that we're committed to the process, to the quote unquote climb, and that this program in its entirety has a long way to go. But we something's got to change because what we're doing right now is not working. And I'm pretty sure that's what they call the definition of insanity. So something's got to give at some point or another. Something's got to give. Um, defense has looked up and down. Like I said, the 31 points in the first half is not great, but Jermaine Johnson continues to play well. Uh, Jamie Robinson played really well. He had 13 total tackles. He was everywhere. Finally kind of had that game that I've been waiting for from him. Uh, the more so the player that I expected to get. So that was a, a welcome addition. Jarvis Brownlee played a lot better. Still think he's kind of more of a slot corner or safety than he is an outside corner, but we don't have a ton of outside corners, so that's where he is. But he played well, came up and made a, a big tackle late. He was physical. The things that he does when he plays well, kind of consistent in that manner. Um yeah, second half defense is really good. No points, 79 total yards, one for nine on third down in the second half. So also we're a lot less penalized. That's something that I've harped on a lot. Uh, four penalties for 30 yards, that's pretty manageable. Um, no team's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to have no penalties. So four for 30 is, is relatively manageable. Um, that wasn't really, you know, that didn't rear its head as much. And we didn't seem to make them in quite as costly situations like we did against, you know, Wake Forest or Jacksonville State. Um, also started our fourth different offensive line combination. I Something I talked about on the preview podcast, and it's it happened, manifested. We can't really keep one consistent lineup healthy, which really sucks. That's not really something that you want to do. You'd like to get your five and roll with them. Obviously, injuries happen. You understand and that's how it's going to go. But four different combos in four games, and a lot of it as a result of injury is definitely not ideal. We might have the game one starting uh, five on, on the offensive line back this week with Robert Scott at left tackle, Dylan Gibbons at left guard, Marie Smith at center, Devontae Taylor right tackle. Oh, right guard, and Darius Washington at right tackle. Um, hopefully we'll see that. Don't know. Uh, but something to look forward to. And like I've mentioned a couple of times, offensive line looked a little bit better. Um, they've been really inconsistent, like a lot of the rest of the team. You'll see it where we'll have like one good play, we'll get you know chunk yardage, and then we'll go – up tempo and we'll run another play and it'll get stopped or you know, the quarterback gets sacked or tackle for loss things like that just lack of consistency it's like okay we did good this one and kind of like nick take the next play off i don't really get it but like i said lack of consistency that's been a reoccurring theme amongst this team for the last few years and i imagine that we have not seen anywhere close to the last of it but again, the second half gives us some margin of hope about this team moving forward this season at 0-4 with the harder part of our schedule left. 
bowl game doesn't really look likely. So at this point, it's just see what you got. Let the young guys play. Figure out what works going into next year. And roll like that because there's not a ton of optimism left at 0-4. You know, you go 0-3, maybe that's salvageable. You know, if you were to beat Louisville and you came in and beat Syracuse, you're not game under 500. Maybe a little close to making that happen. Six and six seasons in reach. At 0-4, it's definitely not. And if we dropped Syracuse, then it's a lost season. Like I said, rock, rock bottom keeps getting a little further. With that said about Syracuse, it'll be at 3.30 on Saturday on the ACC Network. FSU is 11-2 all-time against Syracuse and 6-0 in Tallahassee. Hopefully it's a streak that we keep going and get to 7-0. The last unbeaten streak we had was against FCS teams, and Jacksonville State broke that. So that was not cool at all. Um, There's actually, there's been like a, weird amount, largely weird amount of teams, FBS teams that have lost to FCS teams this year. I think last time I saw the number was like 10. Like Washington lost to Montana and Arizona lost to Northern Arizona. And I don't know, there's been a few others. Don't remember them. Those are just the ones that I remember off the top of my head. Obviously, us to Jacksonville State. So, you know, these are not, just like little rinky ding, like it's not like the Kansases and the laughing UMasses of the world. Like these are actual Power Five teams that have been relatively successful in recent years. You look at Washington, Arizona struggled a little bit, but you know it's a Power Five name that people know. Washington's a solid program. It's normally a Pac-12 contender. So good teams that are losing, or at least you know decent power five names that are losing the FCS teams. FSU's not in that boat alone. Doesn't excuse it, but just it's been a really wacky year of college football. I feel like the transfer portal has really helped to even out the talent level across levels of your tiers of college football, which is cool to see. You like to see a more competitive game overall. But with that tangent finished, back to the FSU versus Syracuse preview. Um, FSU is actually favored by four and a half at home. Syracuse kind of does the same things well that FSU does. They run the ball and they stop the run. They average 216 rush yards a game and they only allow 85.3. So that'll be an interesting battle of strengths. Those are kind of the only two strengths that FSU does have is when their defense is consistent, they do a good job of consistently stopping the run and getting after the passer, where and they do a good job running the ball on offense. It's kind of the only consistent measure of offensive production that we have. So that's a nice little matchup to see two teams stop the run, two teams who run the ball, see how that goes. Hopefully if as you pulls this one out, I'm not even going to bother making a prediction. I don't really feel like it's worth the time. The first three games, I predicted we would win, and we lost them all, so I don't really want to mess with that. But I think it's definitely a game that we can win. It's Syracuse. They were god-awful last year. They haven't really played anybody. They're 3-1, and one, but they haven't had much of a schedule so far. 
hopefully we can just stick to the things that we did in the second half last week. We can fight all game long, be physical and fast and aggressive on defense all game long, cut penalties all game long. We had it for one half last week. Hopefully we can do it for both halves, put it together for all four quarters, finally come out with a win. Be really nice to just take the zero out of that win column. Just, you know, 0 and 4 is not Florida State football. Something, like I said, something's got to give. Something's got to change. We just, we need a win this week. 0 and 5 after a loss to Syracuse at home. The fan base already lost its mind, but if that happens, they're going to go absolutely nuts. Just, Asinine, and I believe very much in Coach Norvell and the staff. But you start zero five and lose to Syracuse at home to drop your fifth straight game. It's not going to be pretty. Like if you're that bad, you you come close to forcing people's hands. That's zero and five is not good, man. We got to win this game. I'm tired of I'm tired of making recaps of losses. It's so just so disheartening. I'm tired of making recaps of losses. Me personally, this is me and all FSU fans personally asking, can we please just win this game Saturday? <laughs> we please just win this game. Tired. I don't know. I can't I can't deal with 0 and 5, man. I can't do it. I know I'm not the only one. Uh Syracuse, finishing up the Syracuse preview. I'm sorry, I've been all over the place on this one. Same keys as always, limit penalties, stop the run, run the football. Sean Corbin, like I said, has been really good. First in the ACC, second nationally in yards per carry. That's really good. And over 100 yards a game. Generates explosive plays. FSU is tied for first in the ACC, and they are fourth nationally in plays of at least 60-plus yards with four of them. So we can generate big plays from time to time. But like I said, that speaks to the lack of consistency of this offense because we know how many times you've had three and outs and big plays, you know, chunk plays followed up by a loss on first down. And it just screws up the whole drive. So again... There's excitement there, but it speaks to the inconsistency of this football team and the lack of consistent offensive production that we can put up big plays but not consistently score points. Um, coverage in the secondary looked better against Louisville. Hopefully that continues. Talked about some of the young guys we might see. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I think this secondary has a very bright future. Um, the guys that were slated to start weren't quite as good as I thought they were going to be, but I'd expect to see more Jerry and Jones, Jarvis Brownlee, Miko Dotson, um, Jamie Robinson, obviously, but you'll probably see some Morion Cooper, Kevin Knowles, Shaheen Brown mixed in. Uh, Renardo Green's played decent at free safety. He's been a consistent uh, player there. But, Syracuse doesn't throw the ball a ton. They don't rely on the passing game to win their games. They rely on running the football. So I think that that matchup bodes well for us. We have good athletes. We do a good job being physical and flying to the football, making tackles. We we generate a lot of tackles for loss on defense as well. 
So I think this matchup actually does bode fairly well for us as far as, you know, we have to stop a run against a team that's probably less talented. But at this point, I don't think I really know. I would hope that we're more talented than Syracuse, even at 0-4. I would, you know, I would really hope that FSU has more talent than Syracuse. I don't think that that's... It's kind of sad that that's a question at this point. But then again, Syracuse is 3-1, FSU's 0-4. So that's uh, that's where we're at. See if Jordan Travis is healthy. That's uh, He didn't play at all last week. He's dealing with the right shoulder issue stemming from the Wake Forest game. Um, I'd like to see him play. I like what he does on offense. But he didn't throw the ball a ton, and he'd probably be more of a you know, gadget or a decoy than anything else. I talked about Chubba. I'd really like to see Chubba Purdy this week. Well, I just I want to see what he has. We saw little glimpses of him last year, but he was, you know, exciting. You saw the athleticism and the ability. So maybe we get Chubba in there, get him some work, which is what we're doing at quarterback so far hasn't been the answer. Go Knowles. I hope I hope we beat Syracuse. Go Knowles. Beat Syracuse. Let's get this first dub and just roll from there. Keep climbing, as always. Thank you for listening to another episode of Believe in FSU Football. As always, you can find this podcast anywhere that you prefer to listen to podcasts. I'll have, hopefully, a recap of a win against Syracuse next week. And as always, peace out and go Knowles. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube